0: Dr. Michael Youssef, highlighting the overwhelming resilience of the Bible.
1: Throughout history, the Bible has been subjected to the most intense hatred of any book in human history. But again and again and again, the Word of God was preserved intact. And the reason it survived was in order to fulfill the words of Jesus. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one word of my word will pass away.
0: Welcome to Leading the Way, the Bible teaching of Atlanta pastor and author of more than 50 books, Dr. Michael Youssef. Be equipped for the battle. That's the title of his current practical series. You'll get a look at the power available from God's word for life's challenges. By the way, Leading the Way is listener-supported. That means that Dr. Youssef relies on the prayers and on the gifts of listeners like you to spread the gospel at home and around the world. Learn how to stand with Dr. Youssef at ltw.org or call us 866-626-4356. Now, though, listen with me as Dr. Michael Youssef begins this episode of Leading the Way.
1: This is the second of a two-part series about the indisputable evidence that the Bible, from cover to cover, is no other than the Word of God that is breathed by God's own breath, His Spirit. It's another word for breath, His Spirit. Same word in Hebrew. And because it God's God-breathed, you can trust it, you can feed on it, and you can defend it. There are five indisputable evidence that the Bible is God-breathed. It is His Word. It's His self-disclosure. It is His self-revelation. And the first one we saw was the testimony of the eternal Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself pre-existed with his Father before all worlds. He was there before the creation. He was there at the time of the creation. He was there during the entire time of so-called the Old Testament being written. And he is the one who testified that God's Word is God's Word. And he said it many times. He quoted it. He trusted it. He believed it. He lived with it. He spoke it He memorized it, and indeed, that is the greatest and the number one of all evidence. The second evidence was the testimony of the Bible about itself. The Bible testifies that it is God's Word 2,000 times at least. It says, thus says the Lord. It is God's own Word. And so I come to number three, four, and five today. Number three is the testimony of the prophecy and its truthfulness. And uh, number four is the testimony of the Bible's historical preservation. And number five is the testimony of changed and transformed life as a result of the power that's in the Word of God. Let's look at the third one, the testimony of the prophecies, and how these prophecies fulfilled with meticulous accuracy. leaves no doubt in anybody's mind. For a long time, I have been fascinated by Nostradamus. I read what he read, and then I see these documentaries, these rascals put on television, I mean... The words of Nostradamus and relating them to current events, I'm telling you, they twist the words, they strain them, they pull them, they manipulate them. They do all kinds of gymnastics in order to make Nostradamus the prophecies that really—he said things about current events. It's absolutely false. Take it from me, okay? But that's not the case with the prophecies of the Bible. It is not the case. The prophecy, of course, is a very large subject and it would take me weeks to preach on it. But I'm just going to give you the highlight and show you how, with meticulous details, what God said was fulfilled again and again and again. The prophet Jeremiah's message to the people of Israel and the people of Judah is very clear. Unless you repent of your sin of turning your back on Yahweh and worshiping Baal, God is bringing judgment. Unless you repent of your sin and turn back to the Lord, unless you repent from Baal worship and materialism and get back to the God of your forefathers, there's going to be a foreign power that is going to come and invade your lands and is going to take hostages into that foreign land. And there they're going to be for 70 years. And then God will bring them back after 70 years. And sure enough... They did not forsake their idolatry. They did not forsake Baal. In modern day language, they would have gone to church on Sunday. Rest of the week, lived for the almighty dollar. And so, finally, God permitted Nebuchadnezzar, a wicked man, the emperor of Babylon, to come in and sweep across the land and take his people, the apple of his eye, hostages back into Babylon. And they were there, I want to ask you, how long? Exactly, they were there for 70 years, just as God said through the prophet Jeremiah. And then God told Abraham, He said, Abraham, your descendants are going to go down to Egypt, and they're going to be slaves to the Egyptians, and they're going to be in that land of slavery for 400 years. Guess how long the Israelites were in Egypt? 400 years, just as God said. And then there is Daniel, who sees a vision that tells him what's going to happen in the next 500 years. First is going to be that Babylonian empire, which he lived in, and is going to be taken over by the Persian empire. And sure enough, the Persians came and wiped out the Babylonian, and then the followed by Alexander the Great, who was going to sweep across. All of that, hundreds of years before it happened. And then in the end, the Roman Empire. And then he says, there's going to be a stone that is not cut with hand, who's going to come and smash all of that history, and is going to grow and grow and grow and fill the whole earth. He was talking about Jesus, the Messiah. And he said when that Messiah comes, his rule, the heart of men and women, for those who put their trust in him, is going to fill the whole earth. And here we are today, just as I'm speaking to you today, there are believers who have the rule of God in their hearts, who have the rule of Jesus in their hearts, in every corner of the globe. Just as God told Daniel 500 years before Christ, that it will fill the whole earth. And from every tribe and every language and every nation, God has his own. Some of them today are paying with their lives for their faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Just like Daniel's vision was fulfilled with meticulous precision. But then there is the apex. I wish I had time. I'll give you more examples. But there's the apex. There is that pinnacle Of all prophecies, the prophecy of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it is everywhere in the Scripture. And it was all fulfilled with meticulous details. And that ought to prove to everyone who is honest to know and accept the truth that the Bible is no other than the words of God breathed by Him, Control the hands of those who have written the Bible. Now, there are many passages about the coming of Jesus from heaven, dying on a cross, rising again, and ascending to glory. But there are five detailed passages that were fulfilled with such accuracy and with such clarity that is indisputable Isaiah 53, uh, Micah 5 2, Daniel 9 25 to 27, Jeremiah 23 5 and 6. And Psalm 16, verses 8 to 11. And these prophecies, they told us the exact time of Jesus' coming, the exact place of his birth, the exact family to which he will be born, the exact conditions of the time when he is born, and the exact manner of his reception by Israel, or lack of it, the exact details of his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. In fact, somebody said and counted them, there were 20 20 prophecies in the Old Testament that were fulfilled in a span of 24 hours at the time of the crucifixion of Jesus. So let no one tell you that the Bible is not the Word of God. It is the absolute Word of God. Some of those scallywags, you know, that, that just would not believe the Bible no matter what you do, and they're going to undermine the authority of the Bible no matter what you show them. And they said, you know, these fulfillment of these prophecies was so accurate that they said, oh, somebody went in back and, after Jesus' time and insert them in these Old Testament prophecies. And they say whatever it is, anything in order to undermine the authority of the Scripture. But you know, you know, That because the entire Bible is God-breathed, these prophecies that were written hundreds of years before Christ took place with meticulous precision. The fourth indisputable evidence that the Bible is the Word of God is the way the Bible has been preserved through the years. I mean meticulously preserved. Today, of course, after the Bible is being translated into hundreds of languages and and, uh, many versions of the Bible and, and hundreds of millions of copies are printed, it's nearly impossible to destroy it. But that was not always the case. These conditions did not always prevail in history. In fact, up till the 1400s, the Bible was preserved through an extremely painful, laborious, and time-consuming process of copying it by hand. You can imagine, copy after copy after copy. You see, God was determined to preserve His own words. First, they copied them on a papyrus sheets, and then later on, on parchments. But not only that, throughout history, The Bible has been subjected to the most intense hatred of any book in human history. Hatred by despots and hatred by dictators and and by people who literally outlawed the Bible. And they tried to destroy it. They tried to stamp it out. And yet the text survived intact. Isn't that amazing? In the early church, the people like uh, Salinas and and Lucian, they have tried to destroy the Bible by argument, and the text remained intact. Then there were emperors like um, Diocletian and Julian. Uh, They tried to destroy it by force, (laughs) but the text remained intact. Others passed laws and made it a capital punishment for anyone to possess the Bible or to copy it. And yet the text survived intact. Amen. Had the Bible been just the thought of a man or written by a man or words of a man, it would have been perished long time ago like all the other books. But again and again and again, the Word of God was preserved intact And the Bible endured some of the most intense hatred and a desire to destroy it. And yet the reason it survived was in order to fulfill the words of Jesus. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one word of my word will pass away. Likewise, Isaiah, 700 years before Christ, he said in chapter 40, verse 8, he said, the grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of God will stand forever. Amen. Amen. Other religions spread by the sword. And you know what? They put to death by the sword anyone who touched their Quran. But not so in the Christian faith. The Christian faith spread by the power of love and the weapons of mercy. And the supernatural preservation of God's own word by himself. Then there is the fifth and the final reason why You must not only believe, feed upon, defend, stand by confidently the Word of God to be the truth. And it is the power that's in the Word of God. You see, the Bible is not dead words on pages. No. Those words, because the author is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gets those words to jump out of the page and transform lives. And we've seen it again and again in history and before our own eyes. Let me show you how the Bible speaks about its power, the power of the Word of God. Psalm 19, verses 7, 8, and 9. Listen carefully to what it says. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure and endures forever. The ordinance of the Lord are sure, righteous altogether. That's the power of the Word of God. The Word is so powerful to transform a life of a person from the degradation of sin, from the guttermost to the uttermost. From prostitution and, and drunkenness and in slavery to addictions to a victorious life in Jesus Christ. That's the power of the Word of God. The Word of God transformed the life of a slave trader, which is the most degrading job any man could have into a, a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ by the name of John Newton. And he had written many songs, but we remember the one that because that is his testimony as a man who really, really was degraded to the bottom of the heap and to rise up and be the servant of the living God. And he said, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Yes. Beloved, There's power in the Word of God. The reason the Bible is like no other book is because it is the very breath of God. The Spirit of God led these men to write the words of the Scripture. The Spirit of power and might who breathed and created the earth and created the heavens, created the stars and created the galaxies, that same Spirit that breathed into the authors or writers of the Bible so that they would write only what God says. And that is why the Bible can come alive and powerful and the Word of God can transform lives. The Holy Spirit who authored the Bible causes these words on a page to come out and penetrate deep into hearts of men and women and boys and girls and transform them and give them victory in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit who breathed into the Bible writers, it's the same Spirit that transformed men and women from the slavery of sin to the victory in Christ. If you asked yourself, Why? The devil, when he can't stop anybody from coming to Christ, and he can't, then he will work overtime with Christians to stop them from feeding upon the Word of God. And that is why the devil who desperately wants the Christians to live a defeated life, no difference than anybody else is the one who's working over time to keep believers from having the appetite to feed upon the Word of God, to grow in the likeness of Christ. He knows there's power in the Word of God. And that's why he keeps believers from reading it, feeding on it, and stand on it with faith and trust. See, Satan loves to see Christians... To live defeated lives. And so he tries to get you to lose your appetite for the Word of God. I was reading just recently a copy of a letter that a very ill lady in a nursing home wrote to her children. And was such an incredible picture of the condition of many believers today. Let me read to you what she had written to her family. She said, I have every comfort that I could wish for. My meals are the best. They are cooked just right. My friends, they keep sending me baskets of fresh fruit. But I can hardly force myself to eat. I have no appetite. And I'm gradually losing weight. Beloved, this is a picture of so many Christians today who have lost the taste to feed upon the Word of God and live and testify to its power. I was talking to my colleagues, the pastors here in this church this last week, and we were talking about the large numbers of so-called evangelical churches and the small groups and the fellowship groups. They never crack a Bible. Actually, some of the group called Bible study. They never open the Bible. They read books, fine books. Listen, I've written a lot of them. If you let one of my books replace the Word of God, you're sinning against the Lord. It doesn't matter who wrote the book. It is the one that wrought by the Holy Spirit that can give you power for living. No wonder really the condition of the church and the Christians so anemic just like this woman. They're losing spiritual weight. They're in condition of malnutrition. Starving to death. I was telling a dear friend of mine, I said, you know, that book is the real soul food. That's the real soul food. Because it will feed your soul like now the book. Not only you can trust it as the Word of God, you can be absolutely confident to defend it as the Word of God. But then you must daily come under its power and the power of the author of the Holy Spirit, the author of the Bible. But you know, there may be someone here today. So I don't read the Bible because I'm not a believer. I, I may be a churchman, a churchwoman. I go to church occasionally. I'm I really never committed my life to Jesus Christ. I've never received that gift of eternal life you're talking about. I've never really received that forgiveness that only Jesus could give that I'm hearing you talk about. And, and, and therefore, I don't know that power that comes from that book. Well, today, as we pray, you can say, Holy Spirit of God, I come to the Father through the Son. Empower me. Come into my life. Open my spiritual eyes. Let me see my desperation for Jesus. Let me see my desperation for His forgiveness. Let me see my desperation for eternal life and assurance of it. And you know what? That's one
0: prayer. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God is going to answer. A pointed challenge to look whether you're equipped for the battle. Thank you for joining listeners worldwide for Leading the Way. You can reach out to Dr. Youssef at ltw.org or get in touch through a ministry representative at the call center. The number, 866-626-4356.
1: Hello, Michael Youssef here. You know, recently, a British newspaper headline says, Is this the end of the world? Someone asked me recently, are we heading for Armageddon? I said, we need not fear the future. When you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord... You can have true peace regardless of what the future holds. Will you come to him?
0: Visit org slash Jesus. Now, since we turned the page on the calendar to 2024, many of you have reached out to Leading the Way, asking about a resource to help strengthen your walk with Christ. So allow me to tell you about just one of many available. It's called My Devotional. It's a simple tool, a short email. You can open it during the day and refocus on Christ in eternity. Dr. Youssef knows how hard it is to stay focused on being an obedient disciple of Christ. So, through a verse or two from the Bible, and then an easy-to-read, pastoral, practical word about life, you'll find yourself recentered. Subscribe to this free email today. Visit ltw.org. Or if you prefer your content through a podcast, My Devotional is available now in podcast form as well. Listen to the practical content wherever you get your podcast. You are listening to My Devotional, the daily devotional from Dr. Michael Youssef and leading the way.
1: Surrendering Our Pride by Dr. Michael Youssef Many false teachers start out with good intentions, but then fall victim to pride. We must be sure not to make the same mistake. Many false teachers do not start out as false teachers. Rather, they're simply people who have lost their way by thinking of themselves more highly than they should. Slowly, they exchange the truth of God's Word for their own feelings, opinions, and interpretations, despising God's authority in the process. Pride
0: is Our the website again, ltw.org. Well, that's it for today. Please do join Dr. Michael Youssef anytime for Leading the Way. And do remember that you can always reach out to us. We're right here at 866-626-4356 or ltw.org. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world.